you know, I just encourage everybody who's you know dealing with same, the similar issues right now or feeling like this isn't uh, ideal for them, their productivity or their sanity even, you know, have some grace with yourself. Like, I feel like you, you will get better. This is not easy. It's not going to be perfect. It, you can't expect that this is going to be like the ideal working conditions and somehow you're just going to shine. Like that's just not realistic. Yeah. Uh, you know, do the best you can. And, and we all understand all your teammates. I mean, hopefully everybody who you're working with understands, you know, that this is rare, rare time. I mean, and everybody's dealing with it. So, you know, it's okay. You know, don't, don't beat yourself up. You don't have the perfect setup. Uh, you don't need it. You don't have to, there's no perfect setup. Welcome to the podcast conversations with startup founders, mentors, and other folks associated with Pi, the Portland incubator experiment. I'm Rick Tarosi, co-founder and general manager of Pi, and I'll be your host. Let's get into another slice. On this special edition of the podcast, we're joined by a panel of work-from-home experts, Barrett Brooks, COO of ConvertKit, Cami Chaos, community organizer with Automatic, and Darren Buckner, founder and CEO of WorkFrom. One of the assumptions that a lot of folks have had that I've heard from the community is that, oh, well, you've all been remote workers the whole time. This has had no impact on you whatsoever. Like, how have your lives changed given what's been happening in the world, um, this pandemic, what, how this is affecting family and friends. I'd just love to hear from you. How, I, I realize it's impacting you, and I would like to hear how. Well, I'd, I'd jump in there. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, like, this is not business as usual. That's Darren Buckner so, of Work From. Um, I think remote work under, this con- on these, under these conditions is just like any other uh, sort of experience. It is not, you know, ideal. Uh, while it is still a great opportunity, I think, for us to be healthy first and to help do what we can to, you know, ensure that others are healthy, uh, we are all dealing with the same amount of stress, the same amount of collisions in our lives and and the restrictions and all the things our loved ones and our family members and our friends are all, you know, we're worried for everybody as well. Uh, Communication's hard for us too. We're feeling all the emotions in the day. You know, so I just think that, um, well, in many ways, we're probably better suited uh, than most who are suddenly remote. Uh, mm-hmm. These are this is not business as usual, and I think um, I, I'll be the first to say that I'm I'm struggling. You know, this is this has been a hard period um, for me and my family, and and for everybody I know. So definitely affected. To all of you people who were not remote workers but had a partner who was, please be understanding that you are now in their space. That's Kami Chaos from Automatic. For a decade, I've been a remote worker. Now I have my 18-year-old at home full-time, all the time, can't leave the house. My partner is also working from the same space. We're not set up with a separate office. So we're completely in the same space. Um, who has to go in the other room? The, the other room is the bedroom. No one wants to work in the bedroom. That's one of my hard <laughs> and fast rules is don't work from the bedroom which we've now broken. It's lovely to have him home, but ugh, it's my space and it's not it's not mine anymore. And the other rough thing is that everyone is home now and my extroverts are lonely and everyone wants to have video calls. So the time I have blocked out for quiet work is no longer my own as well. 
Yeah. I mean, there's, there's of course change for everyone. Um, so we have a team of, of 53 people, um, that, you know, we're responsible for and the primary thing, you know, I have my own personal effects, but the primary thing has just been seeing the impact on them. And that's Barrett Brooks from ConvertKit. When they have kids at home that they need to take care of and educate and, and everything else and adjusting our expectations and our plans as a company to be realistic and the environment like it exists today and not expecting people to perform at the same exact level, even though everything, literally everything has changed about their lives. Um, on my end, the hardest part for me, I, I tend to work from my home most days. I don't, I don't tend to flit about too much if I don't have to, um, is the social side. It's exhausting to be on zoom calls for social life and to work out and for every other thing when I'm already on so many calls to begin with. I think yeah. Axios, uh, quoted a, a pretty good, just kind of perspective on the taxing nature of video calls like this. Cause we, we want all these cues that we can't pick up on and it, our brain just doesn't process the same. So I'm just tired. I'm tired mm -hmm. on a lot of days after doing everything on video. And are you finding, uh, this is just to the group. Are you finding that even though you had these tool sets to deal with folks remotely, you know, you're on zoom or slack or whatever like has there been an uptick in activity or have those tools changed in the way people are using them since they're kind of stuck for for lack of a better word i mean i can answer for us and say that we're, we're pretty we're pretty used to um pretty used to the the remote communication thing so slack Basecamp are our primary mm -hmm. modes of communication and i'd say everything's about the same pace and quantity uh so not too much of a change on our end at least because the entire company, same as Barrett, is distributed, there's no change in how we use Slack or Zoom within our internal space. But when everyone else first started using the tools, things started crashing really hard that first week or two, and that was frustrating. Yeah, Zoom felt like Twitter in 2008 or something. It was like going down all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> what about you, Darren? Any changes with your team? And yeah, well, and we should mention that Darren's also part of a, a virtual cohort of tech stars now too. So he's got that dynamic at play as well. Yeah, I'll speak to both. So uh, the the team dynamics and the tools and, and, the, and the way our workflow in general hasn't changed much. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually were in the process of onboarding some new teammates uh, when we all realized, okay, we're going to need to be apart for a while. Um, and so that that was a unique challenge and something that we hadn't mm -hmm. dealt with before. Although, you know, we have uh, we're a fully remote team. Uh, we have all kinds of uh, systems in place to onboard remotely. So it's not it's not as if it was foreign, but it definitely um, put a little bit of a wrench in things on the uh, on the, the Techstar side and, and what like how we're working with our cohort and our you know, our, our managing directors and the, the investors and the mentors and all the all the network uh, that comes with Techstars, that changed somewhat. Uh, we were already a virtual experience for the most mm -hmm. part. We would meet three uh, three weeks out of the three-month period we would meet in person. Uh, and we're just about done with the program. So um, we, we are on the last, I think, week and a half of it. Uh, but our last week of meeting got canceled. Uh, mm. and, uh, we were supposed to, I was actually going to be, I should have been in New York last week, uh, recording our demo day pitch and, you know, doing the last sort of cohort experiences together. Uh, so that was disruptive and, uh, and that certainly, you know, was, was not ideal. I mean, it was the kind of thing that you really want to get out of this experience. And so that was, 
disappointed, but certainly understandable. And of course, everybody has been awesome. You know, everybody's having so much grace with each other mm -hmm. and everybody understands that this is, you know, this is not something that we opted into necessarily. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's affecting everything, but mostly things are, have been pretty smooth. Good, good. Well, and we were to do, do you have something? Just, you say you're going to be in Newark, reminded me. I'm supposed to be in Prague today mm. and Chicago next week. Yeah. So that's the one part of my life that's also really changed. No travel. Yeah, yeah no travel too. Yeah, that's, that's been a big one. Yeah. yeah. Each of you works for a company that is likely seeing an, an uptick in business or interest because of where we find ourselves. I mean, you you all work on tools that are designed to support remote work or or individuals working alone or that kind of thing. And and you described almost having to balance out this as you described it guilt, right? Where like all this stuff's going wrong, but it's going well for you. Or people are going through layoffs, but you're seeing growth. Can you just talk a little bit about that disconnect and and how you're you're managing to deal with that? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. <laughs> this is something I grappled with quite a bit. So you know, we're we're still a very small company. Uh, you know, we're we're going through all the growing pains, and we're trying to find even our footing in many ways. And going through an accelerator, uh, you know, is is a unique kind of Kind of pace kind of focus and so um you know one of the things that, that we had to do was, was kind of shift our timeline um we we've been advocates if you will of remote work for a long time and we've been enabling remote work for a long time and so there was this kind of feeling of oh no like how do we how do we actually help and and we really wanted to rally we felt like this was our time to shine uh, that there were going to be more and more people who actually needed us and, and the knowledge that we had and the ability to help in these different ways. And so there was this enormous amount of pressure to actually like shift everything to help first. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then, and then there was this feeling of, but how do you do that? Well, uh, how do you, you know, how do you actually get yourself out there in front of people and new people and say like, Hey, we can help and, and, and not have that be some sort of like, um, feel like some sort of marketing, you know, that's, that's opportunistic and, you know, so there's a whole lot of that, a whole lot of reconciliation around that. And where we ended on it or where we ended up with it is that that we this is our time to shine. We have been working on this for all the right reasons for a long time mm -hmm. and we can, you know, do a lot to help people. And this is a world in which we we saw coming in some ways. We saw this shift happening and one we've been planning for. While it certainly accelerated almost overnight uh, and in, in ways we wouldn't want it to, to happen. Uh, it's still the world that we have been trying to enable in many ways, uh, helping people work independent of location or being, you know, breaking some of these ties from location. So, so we really felt like this is our time and we've, we've leaned into it uh, and, and we've, and we've changed our timeline. So some of the things that we were thinking about doing, you know, a few months out, we're now bringing way up to support people, uh, even though they're not going to be in the places that we often help them find, uh, support them when they're in their place, which is now their home. So. That's how we've addressed it. Thank you, Barrett. Yeah, I mean, I this I definitely was the one one that threw out the term guilt, um, <laughs> and I think a lot of it is is it just being a really odd feeling to see so much transition and so much pain and difficulty happening across most most industries, um, and then for not a lot to change at home and at the company. Mm -hmm. You know, we already work from home. Um, we our whole team is remote. Uh, our customer base is largely independent creators. And so in times of um, 
of abundance. They're using extra time and money to invest in themselves for side projects. And in times of need, they're turning to creating as a way to earn income because they don't have any other options. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of grow in both environments um, and even accelerate when there are downturns because a lot of people run out of options. And so they turn to their creativity as that kind of last resort in some cases i wish people would turn to it as a first resort but sure in some cases it's kind of the last option and um i think we've tried to take that same approach of serving we we did a couple of things really quick in response to just what we were seeing um, we put out a a creator fund to offer micro mm -hmm. grants to people in need tried That's to awesome. limit it to like really basic needs of of uh, a home food childcare, healthcare, so that we were making sure we were you know catering to people who really were hurting. Um, we funded, we contributed $50,000 of our own and then raised another $150,000 from partners. And we were only able to fund about 500 of the grants that came in of the 16,000 applicants that applied wow. over less than wow. 30 days. Um, so we tried to do some things like that. We launched a podcast just to kind of be a steady and, and mm -hmm. comforting voice, you know, for creators. Um, and then we put out a bunch of new leave policies for our team to make sure that they knew that their first priority was family taking care of themselves and that they didn't have to worry about anything in terms of pay or job security or anything like that. Amy, did you have anything to add? I do. Uh, so I didn't found this company. I was employee <laughs> 170 something or something like that. Um, but I think Automatic is doing a lot of good from the perspective of stability. So for employees, we're safe. We're good. They're still actively hiring. If you're looking for work, automatic.com, work with us. Uh, the WordPress project is built around making the web free for people to use. I mean, it's free software, it's open source, and you can publish on it. And so we're kind of giving people the, the freedom to go and do that, whether they have the money to do it or not. Uh, automatic also does wordpress.com, where you can do a free site, and that's really nice. We're also seeing an uptick in contributors because people aren't sure what to do with their time right now. Mm. And so that's really special for us mm. and really special for them to give them some solidarity with other people in the community and something to do. Also, it's a great time for people to start to level up their skills. They have a little bit of free time. It's not good free time. It just is what it is. Um, but they can learn and they can grow and they can maybe make something out of this difficult time. Do you think the stigma often associated with remote work will change or evolve as a result of entire companies being thrust into doing so over the past month? 100%, yes. Kimmy? I'm making a face. <laughs> a face. I hope so. But I know that for a lot of people being thrust into this, even it, even for us, who were remote workers being thrust into a pandemic situation causes a lot of negative emotions. I've had to take a couple mental health days and I'm already a remote worker. All of my friends have pretty much done the same. Not all companies are as accepting of mental health days as they are of headaches or sick days. And so I worry that there is a downtick in productivity and people might confuse a very difficult time causing productivity issues with people working from home, not being productive. Barrett, do you have anything to add? Uh, I think it would be a really positive outcome if this is what was true, if people really started to embrace it more. Uh, I think what's most likely is that this will reinforce pre-existing beliefs. 
mm-hmm. that maybe for some people that wanted to try it and just didn't have a good reason to kind of get off the the fence they were sitting on, maybe this will be a really great opportunity for them to have taken a, a chance and see what it's like. And maybe they'll stick with it. Um, I think really forward-looking companies might use this as an opportunity to accelerate potential future plans to have teams or the whole team go remote. And then I think a lot of people will use it as justification for why they could never possibly go remote. And so I think it might actually create more bifurcation as opposed to a big trend one way or the other. Darren, anything to add from your perspective? Yeah, I think I'd take a little bit different different approach to that. Yep. I mean, I, I think these are all <clears throat> very, very uh, likely outcomes that, that both Cammie and Barrett uh, described. And I, and I think they're making fantastic points. But I, I you know, I, I look at remote work in general and the trend that's been happening there over the you know, better part of a decade, uh, even longer. And I think that what happens is this just accelerates a lot of what was already happening. I do think that there is going to be a shakeout period. I think that it's going to be, um, you know, it's, it's going to be an adjustment. I don't think it's all going to just you know, happen overnight. But <clears throat> I think that what, what's going to happen is the, the, the driver for the change to more people embracing remote work, I think is going to come from the people. And I think that people are going to realize that they were they were in a better place for themselves uh, when they were able to craft their work around their life, uh, e- even during such you know struggle. And I and I think that will then be a reason for them to become champions of doing this more for themselves as much as possible. And that's typically how organizations change. You know, there's a lot of top down stuff as well. But I think <clears throat> if the people are demanding it to some degree, if people are are feeling that they have more and more. Um, they should they should have this as a benefit. I think that will drive a lot of change, and so uh, organizations will have l- less of an argument, I think, to say that it can't work. I think that they can they can still say if this was their belief prior, they can still say, well, it didn't work as well as we wanted it to, or it's not ideal. But they can't say it can't work anymore if they've been able to make it through this period, and people have still been able to show up and and produce what you know the outcomes that. Uh, that all all agree are are suitable, you know, okay at this time. <clears throat> I think that argument goes out the out the window. And so, uh, you know, I, I think I've been trying to ascertain like what will what will be the new the sort of new bottom be. And you know, I think I think we could see a, a ten or fifteen percent uptick in in companies and and people who will now push for remote work. Maybe that's the best way to say it is you know really drive towards that as a as a new normal for their organization and for themselves. Yeah, yeah. I hope you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I really just I appreciate that y'all are comfortable enough with one another to have conflicting views and express those (laughs) views. I think that's what people need to hear is like even folks who are fully remote and used to being remote don't necessarily agree on on what the impact of this is going to be. And so I think that's super interesting. So thank you for for doing that. Um, This is one I've been excited to hear about. Uh, getting an answer for. So can you all make some recommendations around what's needed for your physical remote setup? So do you have a dedicated office? Do you have somewhere carved out that your workspace? Are there places that are off limits? How's everybody set up? My big thing is an off limit. I don't work from the bedroom uh, because early on in my distributed work, I would leave my laptop next to the bed and I'd wake up in the morning mm. and I'd check things on my phone. Mm. And when something important enough for a keyboard came up, I would grab my laptop and then work there until I had a meeting. Yeah. That's bad. It's a that really bad. bad idea. 
Uh, so that's my big thing. It's no working from the bed, no working from the bedroom. We've had to take calls in there, uh, but the off limits is more important to me than where I do work. I usually work from the couch, but we also have a standing desk, a sitting desk, and a, a podcasting <laughs> studio. Yeah. <laughs> It's doing great. Uh, yeah, we've, I've got, um, my wife and I both work from home. We, uh, we both are in similar roles for different companies and, uh, we each have, have dedicated spaces. Hers is more open upstairs on kind of a platform at the top of our top floor. And, um, I'm lucky to get the dedicated office down here. So, um, my setup here is I've got a, a standing desk from local company fully. Um, I've got a nice whiteboard over that way. Um, separate camera from my laptop with a, a monitor here that allows me to have good good ergonomics. Um, some bookshelves, some plants. You know, my little artwork back here because I do a lot of a lot of this kind of thing every day. Whether it's with interviewing candidates for roles or podcasting live or um, crowdcast sessions like this, so I like to have a, a nice background. Um, good microphone, good preamp, good headphones. Um, yeah, pretty good lighting from the, the natural light coming in. So yeah, I try and be ready, I guess, to like produce content at any time and be ergonomically mm -hmm. sound, I guess would be the two things I optimize for. Okay. Yeah, Darren, I'm, I'm and, to... well, and maybe like you're so used to like bouncing spaces. Yeah. Has it been weird to just be at home? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I didn't realize how much I, I actually did bounce around. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think I knew it, but I just didn't really feel it in the same way. And when I, as, as now when I can't do it, uh, yeah. I'm trying to get more like Barrett, I think. So, you know, we're, we have, um, my wife and I both also work from home and, uh, we have a two year old and we don't have childcare right now. So this creates some really interesting collisions. Uh, we do, we are lucky that we have separate, we have a building that is separate from the main house that we've turned into two, two offices. And it's just, it just so happens that it's a small little, almost, you can almost see, it's almost like an ADU size, but, um, but it has two doors and a wall in the middle. And it gives us uh, the ability to split that into like two small offices. Uh, and, you know, we've been steadily kind of upgrading that experience in, in ways, especially now that we're both here all the time working. Um, Paige, my wife, she's uh, does a lot of live video content and teaching and trainings and things. So, She's got a great setup with some amazing lighting, studio lighting, and uh, you know, a good microphone, and and she's kind of really curated that that I, I borrow it when I can, and then um, the rest of the time I'm kind of just bouncing around in more darker spaces, and you know, uh, just trying to make it all work. But um, but yeah, being home all the time is uh, it's just it's a real special kind of long term challenge. I think initially we were running at it pretty strong, and we felt like okay, we, we've got this. Um, but, but now I'm starting to feel like just the the productivity boost that I used to get from changing my space. Uh, you know, the the ability to maybe switch my focus in ways when I could go to a space where there was some background noise and some things to see and smell. And, mm -hmm. and that would really, you know, like do something for me physiologically that I didn't really fully appreciate until now. So mm -hmm. I've had to kind of reprogram myself. And, and I'd say that um, the, the thing that we've been most challenged with is just trying to make it work together. So that I, I, what I didn't realize is that I was often away, which made it work better. You know, uh, it was hard. It's harder when we're both in the same space and even trying to share the, the spaces that we've carved out for work, that's even hard. So yeah, that's, that's been, that's been challenging, but, um, but you know, we're getting better at it. And I, you know, I just encourage everybody who's, you know, dealing with same, the similar issues right now or 
feeling like this isn't uh, ideal for them, uh, like their productivity or their sanity even, you know, have some grace with yourself. Like, I feel like you, you will get better. Um, this is not easy. You know, it's not going to be perfect. It, you can't expect that this is going to be like the ideal working conditions and somehow you're just going to shine. Like, that's just not realistic. Yeah. Uh, you know, do the best you can. And, and we all understand all your teammates. I mean, hopefully everybody who you're working with understands, you know, that this is rare, rare time. I mean, and everybody's dealing with it. So, you know, it's okay. You know, don't, don't beat yourself up. You don't have the perfect setup. Uh, you don't need it. You don't have to, there's no perfect setup. You know? Yeah. I do want to add one quick thing, which is that yeah. I, I remembered we give people $2,500 every two years <laughs> to have a really nice setup. So I should oh, definitely yeah. say that. I should say that too. Automatic gives everyone a stipend to set up their office. It was a long time ago. I don't remember how much it was, um, but you can replace things as the years go by. They will pay for an ergonomic expert to help you set up your area, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how's that? How's that working out? Is it, have you seen that that that's been uh, used well? Have you seen your teammates have? I think some, some people some really use it for a while. Yeah, and other people sit on the couch. And I and I think that it's a testament to, to both of your companies that that you do invest that way because it, it will show, right? So now you know your teammates have a have a level of support that helps them even in this scenario, but of course will will help them produce in the ways that uh, that everybody needs all the time. So that's a, that's a great investment that you make and commend you on that. And that's another episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast network, and we'd love to see your ratings and reviews. For more of this conversation, visit piepdx.com slash YouTube.